Well, good morning. Did everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Has anybody actually been hungry since Wednesday? It's amazing. Just keep putting it in and not, not even hungry. Well, I'm sure glad that you're here today and I hope you not only had a great Thanksgiving weekend, but uh, have had new and good opportunities to uh, give God thanks. I hope you're learning something new uh, uh, about the Lord. Hey, when's the, when's the last time you learned something? Now, I'm not just talking about the Lord, anything. When's the last time you learned something and, and what, what you learned, what, it, what did it do for you? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, we always learn stuff. Maybe we learn stuff we can use it and some stuff we, we can't. I tell you something I learned recently. Karen and I have been here for uh, 16 years now and in that have traveled around a, a good bit of Virginia. We've learned uh, about Virginia and the neat places to go. But in all that time, we'd never been to the, to the eastern shore. Uh, had never experienced that, knew what that was. Well, here, here just recently, back in October, we got to do that, mostly as a gift from our, our deacons. They, they sent us there and, and, and a little bed and breakfast. It was really nice. And so we went to the Eastern Shore. And that, was, that was a neat place to, to learn something about. And the, the time we were there, the full day that we were there, it was, it was raining the whole time. So, you know, we were looking for like indoor stuff to do and we pulled off the road and we went into this museum about the inhabitants of Hog Island. Is anybody familiar with this? Yeah, well, you, you should. See, you need to learn that. And, and so we went in there and I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, I'm going in here because it's raining. That, I mean, honestly, that, that, that's it. But, but we went in there and, and it was really cool. I mean, it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed the little movie we watched and walking around in this house. And the, the island's not inhabited anymore. The Atlantic Ocean took it back. Uh, so there's like one tree sticking up now. But there, there used to be this whole community out there. And, and, and I've learned everything there is to learn about Hog Island. Pretty sure that's absolutely useless information. Now, I had a lot of fun learning it. I, I mean, it was very entertaining. It was enjoyable. I, I, I can't imagine there'll be a time in my life where I pull... Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about Hog Island. I, I, I doubt that's ever going to be that, that moment. You know, some, some stuff you, you learn. What am I ever going to do? Don't we go through about half of school wondering, what am I ever going to do with this? And their teacher says, oh, you're going to use it. Hey, no, we're not. We don't, do we? You know, so there's a, you know what? I... Uh, I tell you, I've, I've, I learned three years ago that I had a left anterior descending artery. Uh, you, you do too. But I learned that mine was 99% blocked and that they call it the widow maker. I, you don't want to have something they call the widow maker 99% blocked. I, I learned that it was not fun and it was not interesting. Very helpful. Very, very helpful information, very helpful something to learn. I, I tell you something else I've learned. I've, I've spent about two years now learning this, that about the best thing in life is, is to hear the words Papa. I, oh, and that's sweet. See, you have to learn that. You have to, and probably all the awes are some people who've learned that too, right? That's a good, man, there's all, think of all the different things you learn and you have all kinds of different responses, inner interactions to that. Some stuff you learn and you think that's really neat. Some, hey, I really need to use this. Hey, this is stuff I need to act on. And some, you don't know what you're going to, all these different experiences with learning. And, and you, God never has any of that. I don't know if I feel sorry for him or not. 
God never has any of those experiences with learning things. God never has a day where he says, hey, I I learned something new today. There's no event. There's no emotion. There's no information that he's going to get that now is new. God knows everything. God's always known everything. God is omniscient. We're continuing today our our short study through this Thanksgiving season of looking at attributes of God and and learning something about Him. But there there are things we have found, boy, we really, there's a lot for us to be thankful for in that. There There is some reason to give thanks that there are things God never says. When we looked at God being omnipotent, God's all powerful, we learned that God never says that was easy because words like easy and hard are irrelevant to God. They're on a spectrum measuring difficulty, measuring effort. Nothing's difficult for God. Nothing is an effort for God. Neither one of those words means anything. And then we saw what that means to our lives, that that God is all-powerful. Then we saw last week that God is everywhere present, omnipresent. And and we said that God never has to say, Marco, and and wait for us to respond with Polo. You know, I'm, I was thinking probably of all the things I, I said that God never says in this series. I doubt anybody in here was wondering if God said Marco. Were you? Pro- probably not. No. But now you know for a fact. Now you've learned God never, God's never searching for us. God's never trying to figure out where we are, hone in on on something you've said so he can get to where you are. God is everywhere present. And not just a piece of God. It's not that he's really, really big and he can just spread out and cover everything. No, all of God, the entirety of God is everywhere present, is with you. And we saw what all that means and and what we have to give thanks for in that. And today we're going to learn that that God is omniscient. God knows everything. And now what that actually means is that God knows everything actual and possible. And the the possible part of that, that, that's really kind of the cool part of understanding this. So God knows everything actual. So God knows I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive up the road. And he knows that when I get to the intersection, I'm actually going to turn right. He knows that, in fact, that is what I will do. And he knows everything that I will come into deal with because I turned right. He knows how it will affect the rest of my day. He knows if by turning right, that is something that will affect the rest of my life. God actually knows what is going to happen. But he also knows all things possible. He actually knows, not just kind of generally, he knows in detail what would have happened if when I got to the intersection, I turned left. And everything I would have come across, everything I would have dealt with because I I went, that's right to y'all, isn't it? Because I went left. Uh, He he knows all of that. If, if, If I went straight, he knows everything that follows going straight. If I'd never gotten in the car, He knows everything that would flow from that. God knows an infinite amount of scenarios of everything that not only is but could be in our lives. Man, you talk about not only something to praise him for and to give thanks for, but something that we trust in. When God has a a will for us, when God reveals a will for us, and and for sometimes we're thinking about that, God, what's your will for me? Do I make this decision or that decision? How do I do that? Another way of looking at God's will is his revealed will, what he's written in his word, thou shalt not lie. 
That, that's God's will. When God gives his will, it is, it is in the full understanding and working knowledge of all things actual, all things possible. It's not just that, hey, pretty sure this is the best answer. This is the best answer in light of an infinite amount of possibilities. You, you realize how silly it sounds for us to say to God, well, I think lying would work here. No, 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 I can actually like run this out for eternity and I promise you telling the truth is, is what you want to do here. And, and so we trust that about God and we give thanks. Hey God, I thank you that when I'm dealing with what you've told me to do, you've told me what to do in, a, in, a, in this incredible knowledge of every working thing. You know, you and I, will, we will question God at times. It's very, very natural. It's not a way you're not going to do this. There's going to be some things you look at and say, God, why did, why did that happen? Why did you allow that to happen? Or God, why didn't th- th- this happen? It, you and I can't connect the dots on that. Maybe sometimes in this life we won't be able to connect the dots on that. But God, I thank you that why I can't connect the dots, why I can't see why you did or why you didn't, what you did or what you allowed, you did, you allowed with an infinite amount of possibilities. And that's what's best. That's what you chose. That's what you're going to work with and work through. I mean, folks, God's knowledge is incredible. And, and you know, he, nowhere, nowhere did he have to, to go and research this. Nowhere did he have to, to, to learn about it. It's not like he did a whole bunch of learning, you know, before we got here and, and then was ready to go. He has always had all of this knowledge, always, forever. I mean, I mean 10,000 years ago, God knew this Thanksgiving that A&M would beat LSU in the best college football game ever in the, in the history. I've got a tiger down here. Was that not incredible? That was just so seven, seven overtimes. God knew that in my idiocy, I would go to bed with 30 seconds left because because LSU intercepted the games, the game's over. There's not, they gave them the Gatorade bath. It's time to go to bed. And so God woke me up because my son had a flat tire so that I could continue watching the game. Isn't God good? <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. He knew that 10,000 years ago. That, that God knows everything. He's always known it. Never had to research. Never had to learn. Let's look some of how scripture says this. So, uh, Job 37. The wondrous works of him who's perfect. That word perfect is, is important, right? Because if something's perfect, that means it can't be added to. It can't be updated. Nothing will ever need to be fixed. Nothing ever needs to be deleted. It is perfect knowledge. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you, you know it all together. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. We, we have no ability to measure God's knowledge. There's, I mean, we can throw adjectives at it and adverbs and, and descriptions, but we'll, we'll never get there. We'll never be able to fully measure, to fully embrace God's knowledge. You know what's really cool is, is one day we're going to go to heaven. Amen? One day we're going to go to heaven. You say, man, what do you do up there forever? I mean, somebody told me we sit on a cloud and play a harp. I don't even like harps. It's, what do we do? Hey, you know, one of the things you're going to be doing is exploring the universe. 
And you're going to be exploring how God's knowledge has been exercised. You're going to be exploring what all God's knowledge is. And when you do that for all eternity, do you know you never reach the last page? You never reach the bottom? You, you never, I got it. I got, I now understand everything God knows. We will never know everything that God knows. But we have an eternity. He's going to give us an eternity to take a run at it. But we won't get there. Next verse. Next verse after Psalm 1, he says, yeah, whom did he consult and who made him understand? No one. Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? No one. No wonder, no wonder Paul said, oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable. Spend all of eternity. You'll never get to the end. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. Amen. God is Awesome in his knowledge, isn't he? Amen. A hearty amen, I think, there. Amen, God. Amen, God. Absolutely. Now, the last, last couple of Sundays, we, we, we've looked at these omnis in just kind of a broad brush. Hey, here's just kind of basically what this means and, and why we would give thanks when we're looking. God has all power and God is everywhere present. But today, I don't want to look at a, a broad understanding of what all God's knowledge is and, and, and what it means. I want to look at something really specific. And that's God's knowledge about your and my sin. Do you know God knows absolutely everything about your sin? He knows everything you should have done and you didn't. Everything you should not have done and you did. He knows what you did in public. He knows what you did in private. He knows what you said and did and muttered under your breath. God knows what you were tricked into doing. And God knows who you tricked. We're all, I'm guessing we're all very in tune with where we've been manipulated, where somebody tricked us as if we'd never done that. We have. We have tricked people for what we wanted. We have manipulated people. God is aware of all of that. God is aware of all our excuses. And he knows that you know that they're nothing but excuses. God knows every single sin, every single detail of that sin. He understands more of that, more of your sin than than even you do. Now, with that understanding, I, I want you to hear this verse. And I, I think it's a verse probably a good number of you have heard before, maybe even many times before. It's a, it's a verse I quote a lot that I throw out in sermons a lot. It, it's Romans 5.8. Hear this verse in the knowledge of God's knowledge. It says, God shows or demonstrates or proves how much he loves you in that while you were a sinner. Now, let me stop right there. While you're a sinner, we can read that, we can understand that to just be a very general comment. I know you're a sinner. I know that. That that doesn't make me God, doesn't mean I'm all-knowing. I know you're a sinner. You know I'm a sinner, right? We know we have sinned. We know our lives can be described with that word. That doesn't mean I know what you've done. That doesn't mean you know what I've done. Okay, that right there is not a... Hey, God knows people make mistakes. God knows people have have made a mess. That's not what that's saying. While observing, 
while being aware in tremendous detail of every single sin you have, you will commit. In that knowledge, with that complete understanding, that's when he sent his son Christ to die for you. He had a greater understanding of what your sin meant toward him than even you did. He knows how deep your rebellion is. He knows how deep your rejection is. Folks, you realize you and I commit lots of sins. We don't even think about it being rebellion to God, a rejection of God. But he does. He he knows every fine detail of that. And, And it was in that understanding that he sent his son to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. To provide a way back to friendship with God. And God's good, isn't he? We sang about that this morning. That's, that's why we sang that over and over and over this morning. Because he did that. Now I'm going to tell you something really cool. Because God knows all of this. Do you realize that that means no one can tell on you? No, no one can tell God what you're really like. What you've really done. What you really said. Man, you know... I imagine some of us that we have people in our lives, right? That we are concerned that this person might one day meet this person and we don't want them to meet, right? I don't want this person to tell this person what I really said, what I've really done, what I'm really like. As a matter of fact, there are people in our lives, maybe for some of us, that if, I mean, if they walk in the room, it makes us nervous. Why, why, are, why are they here? What, 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 what are they going to say? And, and you know what? The reality is there are people that can walk in the room and tell on us. And it will affect our relationship with the people in that room. I'm not, I'm not saying it should. I'm, I'm not saying that's nice. It's just, that's just reality, isn't it? Sometimes when I hear, I thought we were friends. But you know, I hear or you hear, you, you, really, you really did that. And it's just, it's just, sometimes it's hard to get past that. Sometimes it's hard not to see that person now in that light, in that understanding. And, it, and, we, and we struggle with that. Saying it's right, it's just reality. And I don't ever have to fear that happening with God. I don't ever have to fear God hearing that and changing his mind about me. God said it. God said it, communicated it to us this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? And if you, if you actually go back up and you look in the context, it's Satan. There, there's one place that Satan wants truth. There's one place that Satan wants justice, and that's at your judgment. That's where, hey, wait, what about this sin? Hey, what, 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 what about this? Who, who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is always interceding for us. You know what that just said? Who's going to tell on you? God already knows. And Jesus has already paid for it. Folks, God has loved you and I with an incredibly, and here's the operative word, secure. Oh, it's fun to run to the word of love and forgiveness. And we talk a lot about that love and forgiveness. But you know what? I'm guessing we experience love and forgiveness from each other. 
and with each other. But then somebody tells on us, and all of a sudden that love and forgiveness changes. Our love and forgiveness is absolutely secure. It's secure because God already knew. God already knows. Everything you've got to hide is not hidden. There is nothing that anybody can tell on you. And that's why that love is so secure. So no wonder Jesus said, hey, you know what, guys? I don't want y'all to forget this. I want you to, to remember now, understand what the word remember is. That's not like remember like you might, oh, I just remembered where my keys are. That's not the kind of remembering God. Oh, I just forgot Jesus died for me. It, 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 that's not what he's saying there in remember. And, and the idea behind remembering is, hey, I want you to choose to regularly keep that front and center in your mind. Because let's be honest, we can get caught up moving through a day, moving through a week, moving through weeks, And we're not really thinking much about being loved and forgiven. And you know, the more we don't think about that, the more we start to think about what's happening out here. And that just tends to make us a lot more anxious, a lot more scared. And it leads us to do a lot of things we probably wished we had not done. Am I right? So Jesus says, hey, keep it front and center. Remember, yes, how much you're loved and forgiven. And remember what it costs for that to be. Remember what it costs to secure that love and forgiveness. Jesus said it this way at the Last Supper, the night before he was crucified. In Matthew 26, verse 26, it says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus said, I want you to to think on, I want you to keep it front and center, how greatly you're loved, how greatly you're forgiven, and what it costs to secure that. My broken, my crushed body, my spilled blood so that you could be brought back into friendship with God. In a moment, our, our, our deacons are going to begin to hand out the elements. And, and as they do, that, that takes a few minutes. So I want to encourage you because the scripture encourages you to use this time to confess. Because I can't celebrate his broken body and blood if I'm still mocking it with my behavior, can I? So I I need to confess. Now think about confession in light of what we've just heard. Confession is not me going before God and saying, Ah, Lord, I'm sorry, there's something I need to tell you about. We do that, don't we? Oh, how are they going to respond? Oh, what are they? they?" He already knows. Confession is not me coming to God, finally being honest and letting him know what I did. What, what ha- Folks, confession is agreeing with God. Hey, God, I, I agree with you. The way I responded over there, that was, that was not nice. Hey, God, I agree that what I'm thinking, what I've been thinking, the way I've been, that's really, that, that's impure. That's, that's, that's inappropriate. I know that's not what you want. I, I know, I know you know, I'm telling you, I know that I know that's not how you want me to be. Hey, God, I agree with you that that is a lie. 
We're, we're agreeing with God. We're not, we're not letting him in on information. We're not begging him for forgiveness. He already knows. He's already forgiven. I've agreed with him so that falling afresh on his love and on his mercy, I'm encouraged to maybe move forward from here in a deeper love and a greater commitment to obedience, right? Wouldn't that be the goal of, of, of remembering I mean, that's not to suggest that as you, as you entered the room today, you really didn't love the Lord. No, I, I, my, my assumption is a lot of you really do love the Lord. But as we rightly pause and, and think, I, I, I can love Him more, can I? I, I? I assume if you entered the room today, you're somewhat interested in obedience you're, you're somewhat interested in, in doing what he has said in his word. But as I go back out the door and I think even more about how great his love is and how, how he secured that, man, I, God, help me, help me to enjoy obedience. Help me to realize the, these, this obedience rolls out of your character. It rolls out of who you are. I want to be like you. I, I want to celebrate you by being like you. I mean, I can go out of here with a greater commitment to love and obedience, can I? Yeah, of course, of course we can. So we want to remember for that, for that purpose. But as we do, as we confess, and that's usually what this time is about, is confession. But boy, be filled with gratitude. Because whatever you're about to say to God, He already knows. Whatever you're about to say to God will not change how much he loves you. Will not change what he's done to forgive you, to fix that, to clean it out of the way and restore you to friendship with God. That anxiety, that fear of somebody telling something about, to me, about me to God or even me confess it. I don't ever have to. There's just no anxiety there. You ever thought about God knowing all things in that way? How personal and how important that is to you? Because of that, no fear, no worry, no anxiety. So we can be truthful right here with the Lord and do a, and do a good business with Him. Amen? Amen. Uh, listen, as they hand it out, uh, you'll, you're, for those of you who maybe haven't done this with us before, you're going to get a little cup. And inside the cup is both the juice and, and the bread. And the, the bread's not wet, don't worry. Uh, it's in there, so get the cup as it goes by and just hold it, wait on it. We'll, as they're done, I'll, I'll lead us in taking it all together. And then when you're finished, I'll lead us in prayer. And then the person on this end, on the left end of the aisle, uh, there's a basket uh, right there. And if you'd pick that basket up and, and hand it down and we'll collect all the cups that way when we're done. Okay. All right. Why don't you go ahead now and begin a time of just confession and giving God thanks for his love and forgiveness.
Boy, sometimes it's hard to get over what we've done wrong, isn't it? But you know what? It's not hard for God. There, there's nothing you just said to him that just leaves him shaking his head saying, I, I, I don't know anymore with him. It, it's, it's forgiven. You're a friend of God. And it's not because of how well you just prayed or thanked or confessed. It's, it's because, Jesus said, of the broken and crushed body of his on the cross. Take and eat. The scripture says, not only friends of God, but actually righteous. Man, that's my future. I'm going to stand before God and be declared righteous, in right standing. That's, that's my, my eternity. And it's not because of how well I lived this week or what I did right or who I gave thanks to. It's, it's because Jesus spilled his blood. By his blood, we are dressed in righteousness. Amen. Jesus said, this is for you, take and drink. Okay, just hold on to that for a second. Let's pray. Lord, I do, I do want to love you better. I, I do want to obey you more. But God, I'm so thankful that my more and my better is not the basis on which I can know you and your goodness, and your blessings, and your favor. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me, for us at the cross, so that we could be a friend of God, a child of God, declared righteous. Lord, help us to realize as we leave here, we don't, we don't leave here struggling and clawing and fighting to be better so that you will like us. We go out of here in a total freedom of growing, Because we are loved and we are accepted. Thank you, Jesus, for for what you secured for us. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.